Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the center square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's kicked the goal from inside the center Yes, hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name is Eddie. Um, As always, I'm going to be running you through all things AFL Supercoach related today. Joining me on the other line is uh, a rather worse for wear looking Charlie Dads. Charlie, bit of a sizable weekend for you by the looks. Hey, Eddie. Yeah, it was. I'm feeling the effects of it now. I got a little, couple little COVID symptoms roaming around in my body at the moment. Uh, but no, it was good. Had a music festival on the uh, on the Friday, and then Saturday had a a little ball with um, all the footy boys, which was good. Fantastic! Sounds like a big weekend. How about Supercoach wise? How was your weekend from a Supercoach perspective? Um, it was uh, a bit disappointing, um, taking into account my uh, my last couple of weeks. I scored a uh, twenty three twenty one, <clears throat> which uh, moved me down one hundred and fifty four rankings to seven thousand. Um, and 200th, uh, which is fine. Um, I'm happy moving down. Um, if it's only a little bit like that, it wasn't anything too drastic. Um, but yeah, it, it could have been a lot better, unfortunately. So what went, what went wrong for you, um, super coach wise? Because yeah, you've been flying the last few weeks. I think you've come from well outside the top 10,000, um, up into that 7,000 spot. So what was, what, what wasn't working over the weekend that had been working for you over the previous weeks? Um, definitely, uh, the loss of George Hewitt, um, certainly hurt on that Thursday night when teams got announced. That was, uh, that was not, uh, a very nice surprise to see. Um, but also Josh Dunkley has been pretty appalling the last three weeks, really. I think he's got two scores, um, in the sixties, which just isn't good enough. And, um, yeah, ultimately the, the Cam Guthrie decision is, is giving me nightmares, um, could have chosen Zach Merritt. I had Zach Merritt in the uh, in the trade, ready to go. Reversed it last second, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's keeping me up at night. Yeah, I think Dunkley is kind of flying under the radar because so many people have him, but he's got a three round average of seventy and a five round average of eighty four. So that is uh, that's not a particularly good one. I guess the the positive is everybody's got him. Um, the negative is uh, it would be a good one to trade out if you had trades and a bit of a move to make. Um, what were your wins for the week? Well, uh, Harry Himmelberg um, scored a 130 and he was absolutely flying for majority of the day, taking intercept marks um, and his disposal efficiency, as always, was incredible. Uh, 
And then the usual suspects, Rory Laird with a 140, um, Tuke Miller with a 157, uh, Jack Steele with a 143, and then Marcus Bontempelli with a 161. The only negative thing I have about those guys is that I failed to VC or captain any of them. Yeah, I was very similar. Um, I For the weekend, I was I scored 2-3-8-2, two, um, which pushed me down four spots, down to 4-8-8 overall. So still in that, in clinging to that top 500 spot, but it's been a rough couple of weeks for me. Um, I'm very much looking forward to getting um, my full primo side back with Hewitt, hopefully back in this week. Um, a couple of wins for my week were Bailey Dale was awesome. Um, I really enjoyed owning him the last couple of weeks. He's one of those guys that like, he just feels like a really good footballer to own and super coach. He's always streaming through, hitting beautiful kicks and um, he was really important for the dog. So he was brilliant. Um, Paddy Cripps, a nice little score for him after a few down weeks, basically a down eight week period. Um, but yeah, big loss for me was having um, not having any of those guys VC. Like you said, I had I went with Brayshaw on Friday night, um, which turned out to be a bit of a stupid mistake, I would say. Um, should have just gone with Laird on the Saturday. Um, but yeah, you live and you learn. Um, what was your what was your strategy with VC and C for the weekend? Um, pretty much the same. I'd, I'd Brayshaw um, as a vice captain, um, fully ex- expecting him to to take advantage of the Richmond. Uh, midfield, which he didn't in the end, um, which is very, very disappointing. And then I had Jack McRae, captain against Melbourne. Um, I think in his last three against them, he was averaging somewhere near 130, if not 135. Uh, and uh, the annoying thing about that was that it was always a toss-up between him or, or Bontempelli. Um, and, yeah, I, I chose chose pretty poorly. Well, it's, it's really hard to go with Bont, isn't it? It feels like his ceiling is enormous, but it also feels like his floor... Um, is yeah, is pretty uh, pretty low as well, which which kind of makes it difficult to put the captaincy on him week in week out. Just with returning to Brayshaw, um, he his three round average is one hundred set is one hundred and two, uh, which puts him forty fifth overall in terms of uh, midfielders. So that's uh, that's not ideal. Sorry, thirtieth overall in terms of midfielders. So that's that's not ideal for a guy that both you and I have brought in. Um, I brought him in quite recently, and yeah, that's uh, that one's starting to look like a little bit of a mistake. Um, there's a lot of players above him that you could have gone with. Talk me through the uh, the Zach Guthrie situation, um, Cameron Guthrie situation. Uh, what are you feeling about that? And um, yeah, well, what's the vibe moving forward? Do you have to get rid of him now? Are you going to hold him? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel kind of guilty if, if I bring someone in and then trade them out um, immediately. I, I, you know, I feel like I still need to give him a couple of weeks to prove himself. Um, AFL fantasy, sorry, AFL fantasy is a, a completely different story. I'm, I'm willing to trade him out straight away. But in Supercoach, um, I've only got one trade left, um, and yeah, it just—I don't—I don't like going back on my word. I don't like bringing in someone in, and and uh, you know, I've still got the likes of Short and Crisp, um, who I think are, are much much bigger um, fishes to fry. Uh, so I'd rather, yeah, trade one of those guys before Guthrie. Three round average of ninety five. He's the forty seventh ranked midfield player in that time. He's got one fifty eight break even. So that is, uh, as far as trades go, that's not one of your best ones. Um, we've all had some poor ones this season, but that one hurts a little bit. Um, what about the footy over the weekend? How much footy did you actually get to watch in between um, sending beers? Um, did you did you catch the Collingwood Essendon game yesterday? I did. That was incredible. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how you're feeling today, but oh my god. Yeah, from a neutral perspective, um, it was, yeah, I think Essendon were up maybe by 20, 10 minutes ago or something like that. And, yeah, I, I was watching it and I was hoping for, for a little comeback from Collingwood just to make it close, um, but couldn't have asked for much more um, as a as a footy fan overall, shot after the siren to 
win the game from the apex. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I was at a, uh, a house party last night in Vancouver, um, so it was about 1am my time that the game was playing. Um, I had it on my phone because I was like, last quarter, we're 15 points up, we'll get it on, see what, see, watch, watch a famous win against Collingwood, we've come from 25 points down, whatever it was, turn it on, and of course, that's when the uh, the Collingwood goal started flowing through, and then as soon as Jones missed that set shot, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, of course, they were going to rush it down the end and kick a goal. Um, I don't know how, one of the, I think it was Bianco was in like 40 metres of space, yeah. On the wing, uh, like what? What were you doing? Why are we not covering him? Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah. How did the Hawks go? How did they play? Hawks got the win, um, as expected against North Melbourne. I think by 50, 60 points. Um, they were up by fifty at halftime, um, and it's good to yeah just see the Hawks get the the wins under the belt. I think they they've got three on the trot at the moment, um, which uh, like yeah, obviously it's good. Um, I wouldn't mind maybe tanking a little bit, get a high draft pick for next year. Um, but can't complain about the wins. Uh, yeah, it's good to see. And all the young boys are getting around it as well. Um, John Newcomb continues to explode through the pack. Um, the likes of Tom Mitchell, he was back in the midfield getting getting bulk possessions. It's a, it's a good time at the Hawks. Where do you stand on the whole um, draft pick, high draft pick versus wanting to wanting to bank wins and get the winning mentality going? It sounds like you're probably more in the, the, the camp of, of getting the draft pick. Yeah, I... Just thinking from a, a future perspective, um, that's all it is. We're in the middle of a rebuild. Wins isn't our priority. Um, as good as it is to getting winning a winning mentality, um, I think, you know, obviously you don't want to lose on purpose, but getting a high draft pick is probably the better thing. Um, I Like, for instance, I, I would not be opposed to, you know, trading Tom Mitchell next season um, and bringing in, I don't know what we'd get for him. Maybe, maybe we could get a first-round pick. You know, he's a, a former Brownlow medalist, but... Um, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think you'd, you'd probably struggle to get a first-round pick for him, but it'd be tight. You might get someone willing to pay it. Um, yeah, interesting. I think teams might be a little bit put off with uh, getting rid of their first-rounders after the Tim Kelly disaster that is uh, unfolding for West Coast at the moment. He had four touches yesterday. What the hell is with that? Yeah. Who who tagged him? It was... Um, Windhager. Mark- yeah. So that's, uh, that's an impressive job for probably, what, a 10th gamer or something like that? Yeah, very impressive. Well, um, we're talking about trades already this week, but if you, how well do you know your numbers outside of Supercoach? With interest rates going up at the moment, it might be time to finally trade banks and save yourself a bit of cash. Don't know where to start? Shoot Pat and George Mortgage Choice or one word, a message on Instagram, or give them a call on 02-9521-1611 and mention the SC Playbook podcast. They will take care of the rest. Uh, it's been a great season, partnered with the boys at Mortgage Choice, so we thank them, as always, for their ongoing support of the podcast. Uh, onto the big topics, Charlie. Um, the first one I want to get into, and we've already touched on it a little bit, is injury chat. I want to find out where a few of the big guys are at because, yeah, I think it wasn't a week for, for major ownership injuries, but it was a week for a few pod injuries. And, and people may have been really struck by a few of these that happened over the weekend. So I'm just going to run through this and we'll go back and forth and, and chat about what we've heard about each of these players as we go through. The first one is relevant to both of us. Um, what is the latest on George Hewitt? Yeah, I, I think it was just back soreness um, in the main training session on, and they I think they do theirs on Thursday. Um, yeah, nothing too serious, but definitely enough to warrant a rest, especially with um, with finals coming up. Um, Vossi said he could possibly return this week. Um, 
but I, I don't know. I'm not convinced. I, I don't like that. That possibly, I, I would much mm. prefer a definitely. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think um, Carlton are in a position now where they where they do need to 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 put some wins in the bank. Um, they're sitting seventh on the ladder as we speak. Um, they've got a pretty average percentage. Uh, Sydney and Freo are comfortably above them on percentage and wins. Uh, sorry, and they're equal on wins. So they desperately need to win, um, which makes me think that they're going to be more likely than not to to push him to come back in because they're a better side with uh, with George Hewitt. Um, I think that's without debate at this point. They're playing Port Adelaide, who are still capable of causing some troubles for teams on the way home. Um, so, yeah, I think that possibly is, is Bossy playing his cards close to his chest. Uh, surely he's back in. I mean, it's back soreness. There wasn't any... There wasn't any injury as such. Uh, the, the interesting one to note out of that, though, is that um, Paddy Cripps is, uh, really enjoys not playing with, uh, with George Hewitt. Um, I think he has a 138, 151, uh, and now a 118 in three games that Hewitt's missed this season. So um, there is, as always, a bit of a silver lining. Um, we'll have to keep an eye on that one as we go through. Next one, um, Adam Trelaw. What's happened to him from the Bulldogs? I, yeah, I think he strained his calf um, by the looks of things. I, I did manage to catch that one. Um, he he kind of limped off a little bit. Um, definitely looks like a calf issue. Um, yeah, Bevo is pretty apprehensive about it. Um, he's just taking a, a wait-and-see approach with that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of it. He had hamstring tightness, uh, I think, back in early, maybe round 13 or 14. Um, and I think he was subbed off then as well. So uh, he has had a little bit of an inter- injury-interrupted season. It might just be one of those things where they're being really, really cautious with him. I mean, that was a massive uh, win for the Dogs on the weekend. Uh, they desperately needed that. Um, I would be probably a little bit worried about him missing a week, given his history. Um, yeah, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I... The dogs need him. That's the only thing. Um, they're fighting for top eight at the moment. Um, he's pretty critical to that. Uh, whether they rush him back in, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think they play the uh, the cautious approach. I would assume they would. Yeah, as you said, just given his history, um, his soft tissue in the last couple of years, really since that hamstring, the double hamstring was that yeah, three the, years ago. The infamous double hammy. Yeah. 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 I've been. Uh, I've been. Uh, experiencing that one in the last couple of weeks, I can tell you that as I transition <laughs> running again, the double, the double. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I would think he misses this week. Better news for Josh Kelly from GWS, who missed on the weekend with concussion. It sounds like he's going to be back in. Um, he will come out of concussion protocols, so um, he is clear to pr- play, assuming that he's got no symptoms left, which is nice. Um, Dan Houston, that was a bit of a killer for some of the coaches that owned him. Um, what happened to him in the Port game in their tight loss to Geelong? Yeah, I actually I did not see that one. Um, I'm just I'm finding out about that now um, that he was subbed out with concussion. Uh, yeah. I don't think he has a history. If I'm correct, I think I think he's fine. Like I I don't think he's had any major concussions. He will miss this week, obviously, with the protocols. But yeah, it might not be a longer term thing. The the other thing with Houston is, um, yeah, he's in seventeen percent of teams, which I'm shocked at. I, I did not realize it was that many. Um, he's got a five round average of eighty nine and a three round average of eighty four. So it might be a nice little excuse to uh, to to move him on. I think um, because he's going to miss this week, he may miss next week. So that might be a good chance to move him on. Speaking of players that our good friend Nico has um, and has been battling with this season, Daniel Rich, uh, another little setback from him. Uh, what's the latest news that you can find on him? Yeah, so he was subbed out with concussion 
Um, and yeah, as per protocol, he'll he'll miss this week. Um, yeah, did did they play the late game? When did when did Brisbane play? Or they played Saturday? Yeah, they, yeah, they played Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So he should be all right to come back the week after. Um, yeah, he got knocked out. Um, he, he's, he's in six percent. Six percent of teams again, like Houston, three round average of eighty five. Obviously affected by the seventy one this week. Um, yeah, we'd, again, might be a good chance to move him on to to a to a um, Tom Stewart potentially mm. uh, if you've got those sort of funds available. Um, we'll run through these last couple quickly. Sam Walsh, I think, had a little niggle. Um, I think he got a corky of some sort. It sounds like he is going to be fine. Um, yeah, I think he he we we haven't heard anything out of um, out of Michael Voss yet. Uh, but I think he played out the game and, and was quite good. He rolled his ankle. Um, but yeah, he should be okay, we think. Uh, keep an eye on that one. Mason Redmond got absolutely popped um, in the Collingwood-Essendon game. He missed the rest of it. I think he was coughing up blood, they said. So that is not particularly uh, promising for his chances coming into this week. He's been an absolute revelation over the last few weeks. Um, he had internal bruising, internal bleeding or something. Um, and the last one is Brody Grundy. Talk to me about Brody Grundy. Where are we at with him? Is he going to be playing this week? Yeah, I I heard he was pretty close to playing last week. Um, I thought he was in the conversation, but I think Collingwood just took a very cautious approach. Um, however, this week he'll come back through the VFL, so that's been confirmed by Craig McRae. Um, but there's no point rushing it back in. Collingwood are locked in for finals. Um, they're just about almost there for top four. Um, I think they've got a relatively pretty breezy run for the rest of the uh of the home and away season. Um, but yeah, he hasn't played for, for 15 weeks. So there is no point rushing him back in. You can always aggravate, you know, risk, the risk of uh, soft tissue injuries um, with his, his was a knee. So you don't really want to risk that as well. Just take the cautious approach with him, I think. Speaking of Brody Grundy, that leads us nicely into our next big topic, which is uh, just broadly titled trade chat. I want to find out what you're thinking with trades and what you're thinking other people should potentially do with trades. And yeah, that, the, uh, the Brody Grundy situation is the first one I want to touch on because Darcy Cameron um, had a stinker on the weekend. He was not good at all. Uh, I think he got the pumpkin on fan footy, which is uh, never a good sign. Um, he somehow still scored 70 supercoach despite having um, very, very little impact on the game from what I can see. Um, he had 10 hitouts, 34 fantasy points and a goal somehow translated to 71 supercoach points. Uh, not here to argue with the scoring system though. It is what it is. Um, what do you think about Cameron? Is he Does he have to go this week? Or is it, or is it worth waiting another week without Grundy to back him in to have another to have some impact in the ruck more so than he did over the, over the weekend? Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, <clears throat> I think it's also dependent on who you're bringing in. For example, Ron Marshall is a pretty straight swap um, type of guy. You don't want to wait until he's too expensive. I think if you're going Ron Marshall, you go now. Um, however, if you want to bring in Max Gorn, for example, I think you could wait another week on Darcy Cameron see what he has to offer. Um, the ruck split seemed pretty 50-50 between him and Mason Cox. Um, I think the his 70 points were largely due to hitouts to advantage. Um, mm-hmm. I would assume that's where he got the bulk of his points from. So he's still like dominating in the ruck when he gets the opportunity. Um, look, he just had an off day. It was a frustrating day for owners. Um, I'm heavily considering trading him to Rowan Marshall, who... Um, like Paddy Ryder won't be back anytime soon. I think he's still out for another five no, he's weeks. Out the, he's out for the rest of the Supercoach season for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's a pretty pretty smart trade to to be honest. Um, I might even, yeah I might do that this week. 
Darcy Cameron, he only attended 31% of centre bounces on the weekend, which is down 27% from last week. So that is not a good sign for owners, given he's uh, yeah, given that Grundy's not even back in the side yet and he's already losing um, he's already losing cash and points. I think, yeah, it, it, it has to happen, the Cameron trade. Um, I did it last week. I went Cameron to Marshall. Marshall probably not quite as uh, as good as expected, um, but that's okay. We uh, the, the trade itself is a good one. Um, the Saints this week have um, Hawthorne. So we they put Hawthorne, Geelong, Brisbane, and Sydney, hardly powerhouses of the ruck unit to close. So I think the Marshall one is is almost a no-brainer for me. They're basically at the same price. Cameron is absolutely leaking, leaking cash at the moment. So if you're going to do it, he lost 26K over the weekend. He's got a break-even of 137. Um, so I think, yeah, I think you do have to do that. Just to, Yeah, like you say, the, the real choice is whether you go to Gorn or whether you go to Rowan Marshall. Uh, Gorn's got a break-even of 118. He's at 538K currently, so he's probably bottomed out. Would you consider Gorn over Marshall? Yes. Yes, I would. Um I'm only just thinking about that now, <clears throat> about my trades this week. What I actually do, I've got 100K in the bank um, and I've got a couple duds sitting in defence, Jaden Short, Jack Crisp. I, I don't know who the priority is though, um, those guys or, or Darcy Cameron. Um, yeah. yeah if, if I traded one of those boys in defence, I could bring in Dylan Moore um, via some DPP or, or yeah, I could bring in Max Gorn. I think from my from my perspective, I think Cameron is priority number one to get rid of. Um, I think this is what we were all worried about this whole time. Like like fan footy doesn't give you the pumpkin pumpkin for no reason. <laughs> he's really he's really started to bottom out and and become turned back into that sort of player that we we kind of thought he was before this this breakout period. Um, so I think I think he's a must trade personally. I'm glad I did it last week. I'm disappointed that Marshall didn't score as much as I thought he would, uh, but I'm very happy with the trade. Next next guy that I want to talk to you about is Jack Steele. Um, he went bananas on the weekend. I think it was a career high for him in, when it came to disposals. Um, he was absolutely dominant against West Coast. I mean, it is West Coast, so take it with with, with a little grain of salt. But he was just he was just superb. Scored uh, 143 super coach, 16 kicks, 24 handballs, 10 marks, eight tackles. Um, pretty much a complete game from him, going at 92 percent efficiency as well. So yeah, what are you, what are your thoughts on on Steel? Do we need to start thinking about moving heaven and earth to get him, even if you've only got two, three, four trades left? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think he's a must-have, to be honest. Um, he's bottomed out for sure. He's got a break-even of 68. Um, and, yeah, since his return, he hasn't dropped, dropped below 107, um, all while getting two 130-plus scores, um, including that 143 against West Coast. Uh, he's also got a relatively kind fixture coming up with Hawthorne this week. Um, Finn McGuinness could go to him. I don't think Finn, Finn McGuinness is any match for him, to be honest. Um, he might got a Brad Crouch instead. That's that's a, a much more similar opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say he's a must have. I'm very very glad that I brought him back in when I did. So did you do it? Did you did you do the Crips to Steel trade? No, I did. What did I do? I brought in. I reckon I brought in Steel the week after he came back. So yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know who that was for. Because I did. I think I did Crips to Guthrie maybe. Would you consider going Guthrie to uh, Guthrie to Steel if you had Guthrie? If I so yeah. Um, if you sorry, if you didn't have Steel, if I didn't have Steel and I had Guthrie uh, and I had trades in the bank, yes. What about Brayshaw to Steel? No, no, not at all. No, Andy Brayshaw. He had an off day. 
Um, he had, he's had an off couple of weeks. He's still Fremantle's best midfielder by far. I think he's probably leading the Brownlow, I would say, at this stage. I think he def- he's up there in the conversation for Brownlow. What about Crips to – I'm coming off the back of that 118. Would you still do Crips to steal? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I would. I'd, I'd, yeah, I nice. think Paddy Crips, he hasn't really had a rest this year. Um, if Carlton are, are locked in for top eight, which they certainly could be if they get a win this week, um, I think they would probably opt to, to rest him um, for finals. I think that's definitely a possibility that that our, our, our coaches need to look at, um, Paddy Cripps getting a rest. Okay, now I've got a big one for you. Tom Stewart um, hasn't played since round 15, put up that one six one. Uh, we all know what happened. wasn't his greatest day. Uh, in, what is it wasn't his greatest day of footy. I'll read out his last six scores. For you before his his suspension, 113, 122, 174, 39, 95, 161. Um, how important is Tom Stewart? He's very important. He is very, very, very important. I did not even know that he was returning this week. But that's, uh, yeah, that's making me seriously consider him um, as an upgrade from, you know, Jack Crisp or Jaden Short. Um I wouldn't move heaven and earth to get him, but I don't know, Eddie, if you saw Fantasy Frico's uh, tweet this morning that Nick Dacos and Tom Stewart are exactly the same price. Yeah, that's that's mind-blowing. That is, um, yeah, speaks volumes of how good Nick Dacos has been. Um, but yeah, I think if you've got Nick Dacos, that is, uh, that is the most, one of the most obvious trades in the history of trading. Um, I think it becomes less obvious when you're talking about the likes of crisp um, and short per se. I actually, as we speak currently, have gone crisp to Stewart, um, and I feel pretty good about it. I'm excited to get rid of crisp from my team. Crisp has crisp has been kind of. I don't think we've even been talking about how bad he has been enough. Like he, he's been really really bad for for quite some time. I think he's got he's uh, his three round average is 83. His five round average is 81. Um, he has not scored a ton since round 13. Um, and he's gone 80, 79, 77, 91, 81 in that stretch. So yeah. it's time to go for him. Um, what about Short? What are you going to do with Jaden Short? Yeah, um, it's a tricky one. I, I think he's got a lot more potential to turn up than Crisp. Um, I think he's pretty pivotal to, to Richmond at the moment. I don't know why they're wasting him off half forward. Um, he's kind of got that midfield half forward split. Uh, I would much prefer to see him go back to defence um, and just take those cheap marks, cheap kicks. Uh, it's a difficult one, but I, I'm, I don't know. I haven't closed the door on him just yet. I've still, I'm holding out hope. Yeah, okay. I, I don't mind it. I, I agree. I think Short is a Short's a better long term pros, pros, prospect than Crisp. Um, I'm just not. I'm not into Crisp at all at the moment. Um, I'm very off him, and I'm, I'm glad to see the back of him in my team. Um, Stewart's going to be a really big topic of conversation for coaches this week. His break even um, is 78, I believe. So this is as cheap as you're going to get him. Um, he's at 560-odd K. Um, he's, he lost 23K despite, despite scoring 161 in his last game. Um, that 39 is now out of his rolling average. So this is, this is the week you're going to have to do it if you're going to do it. And what I do like about it even more so is that it's not like this has been an injury layoff. Um, it's not like he, can't, he hasn't been able to run or train during this period. He's just literally just been suspended. So, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty bullish on bringing Tom Stewart back in. Um, you, you mentioned a few of these guys that were, were, were these underperforming primos. Um, can you give us an, an order of priority for some of the big dogs, like Crisp, Short, Cripps? Who's uh, Brody, Brayshaw? 
Who's the top of your list to get rid of? Out of those boys that you just mentioned, Jack Crisp is number one um, by a long way. In second, uh, I would say Will Brody. I'm just not convinced that um, he's got the engine to run out the season, particularly with Nat Fife as well back in the team. Um, I, you know, I, I think that the longer Nat Fife's in there, um, the more midfield minutes he's going to soak up as he, you know, week in, week out. So I put Brody number two, Cripps number three, and look, I don't think I don't think Brayshaw is even in the conversation to to be traded out. To be honest, I don't think he's anywhere close to that. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I completely agree. Just thought I'd throw him in there for a bit of spice in the mix. Um, you mentioned Dylan Moore earlier, by the way. Um, yeah, really. Is he, in your, is he in your plans? For sure. He's getting um, CBAs, which is ridiculous. I don't have them off the top of my head, but I know two weeks ago, I reckon he had 18, maybe. Um, like he's up there, I think, in first was Jago Mira, second was Dry Newcomb, and then he was third. So he's certainly in that that midfield rotation, if not first choice midfield. He is ticking along wonderfully. He's got a five round average of um, what is it, one fourteen. Even better though is his three round average of one twenty four. Mm. Since round fifteen, he's only dropped below one ten once. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it, that one hurts more than any other trade I've made this season. A, bringing him into that horrible stretch, and B, trading him out literally as he went on that tear. Yeah. Um, I want to read out his stats from his last three games because I think it's been that's been the real move to the midfield has been over the last three games. So twenty nine disposals, seven marks, seven tackles, five clearances, eight inside fifties at eighty six percent efficiency. Mm. Twenty five, seven, six, seven clearances, five inside fifties, one goal, and then on the weekend, twenty five disposals, five marks, seven tackles, four clearances. Five inside fifties at eighty eight percent efficiency. So he yeah. is uh he's genuinely a good player. He's a jet. He is. Uh, I remember I, I called it probably a year and a half ago. I reckon. I don't know if it was to you. So the, there's no factual evidence <laughs> to support me. But I said he was the best small forward in the comp. And I, I genuinely I know he's not a small forward anymore. But at that point in time, and particularly um, through the first half of the season, he has been incredible. Uh, he's the future of the Hawks for sure. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Um, I worry about sort of, yeah, his his size going forward. He feels a bit small to be one of those those key midfielders. But yeah, I, I love watching him play. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, next on our big topics list, I want you to give me a brief rundown of the state leagues. I want to find out who played well on the weekend, um, what they what they scored, what they did, uh, and whether they're, whether they're a chance to come into the side this week. Yeah, for sure. So Jackson Hately, um, I did not even know he got dropped. He had 33 touches and six tackles. Um, he could come in this week. The Crows lost. Uh, who did they lose to? They lost to someone. That was probably a winnable game, I reckon. They lost. He could come back. They in. Lost, to, lost to Sydney. Yeah, okay. Maybe not as winnable as I thought. But still, they played pretty okay for three quarters. I think they had one quarter where they, um, yeah, they absolutely ruined their, their chances of winning. Bryn Teekle, 23 hit out, 16 touches, five marks. I think he's a mm. lot in for Port, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Charlie Dixon, Charlie Dixon was sore as well. He may have done some sort of ankle or foot injury. Um, yeah. So he was taking a fair few ruck taps, which, yeah, definitely opens the door for Tickle. Bryn Tickle. Um, Sam Hayes was also good. Um, I think he had 28 hit outs, two goals, uh, 18 touches maybe. But I, I think that experiment's gone for Port. I can't see him coming back in anytime soon. Um, nice. Josh Kennedy, 
in his return to the uh, the VFL, had 36 touches, five marks, eight tackles, and seven clearances. He's also a lock to come back in, I would think. And then Lockie Hunter, 28 touches, 10 marks. He was okay. Um, but coming off a win, I don't think the Bulldogs would rush him back in. Yeah. Martin, yeah especially like- because... Just because the small, their small, um, their small players like Garcia um, was mm. actually really good on the weekend, so it it might be hard to find a spot for, for Hunter. Yeah, definitely. Um, one to look at for the next couple weeks if you're a Tim English owner. Stefan Martin had, oh sorry, Stefan, twenty five hitouts, twenty two touches. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you reckon he could come back in? No. Yeah, they do love playing that two ruck setup, don't they? Yeah. Um, that is a bit of a worry for English owners. Um, I mean, logic tells me that they just beat the reigning premiers um, and Tim English performed well against Max Gorn and Luke Jackson. So there's no need to bring in Stefan Martin. Um, but they might like the addition. I don't know. Uh, it's, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, for sure. And uh, this one jumped off the page as I saw it. Callum Porter, I don't think he's on any list at all, but he plays for Box Hill. He had 45 touches, 10 marks, 10 tackles, and nine clearances on the weekend. That's incredible. My God. Yeah, it sure is. If he, if, I mean, look, it's he's probably a, a, a bit of a one-game wonder. I'm not a VFL expert. I don't know how he's been performing for the, the um, previous couple games, but he could be an option for next year um, if he gets picked up in the rookie draft or something. Very, very long-term, but um, he might be one to look at for next year. Eddie, your boy... Uh, Nick Bryan, 45 hitouts, 18 touches for the Bombers. Talk to me nice. about him. Yeah, he's good. We like we we enjoy playing him. I think it's more matchup based than anything. Um, when he comes in and out of the team, um, I don't think anyone owns Sam Draper anymore. Anyway, um, he was a bit of buzz preseason, but yeah, Brian Brian's a really good footballer. I enjoy him. I hope we we can keep him on the list longer term. Um, we've got North this week, so yeah, he might come into battle to do chop out a bit of bit of a chop out against Goldie and whoever else they're playing in the ruck. Um, so, yeah, he might come back in. Okay. And then probably the other most likely player to come back in for the Bombers, and the last one that I've got on this list is Massimo D'Ambrosio, mm. 21 touches and eight marks in the VFL. Did was that did he get dropped or was that him coming back from injury? It was a bit of both. I think it was the he was not quite 100% ready to go, so it was sort of the excuse to, to drop him. Um, I would have definitely brought him back in this week, but, um, yeah, we didn't. Uh, I think he's, yeah, it's a shame that we've got Dyson Heppel as captain because if Dyson Heppel wasn't captain, um, Massimo is a much better player than Heppel in Heppel's position. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I think he will play again this season. I think we've already seen enough for him to know that he's going to be a really, he's going to be a weapon moving forward. So, yeah, I think he comes back in this week. Um, it remains to be seen who for. If Redmond's out, um, that could be could be the in for him. Um, and then Ridley sort of moves into that distributor role and D'Ambrosio comes back in and takes a small uh, small board. Uh, I think that that might be what happens. Agreed. Uh, that's all I've got on that list. Um, there were a couple of others that I saw. Jake Bowie got dropped, which I I had no idea. That completely um, just escaped my train of thought. I did not know that he got dropped. <laughs> yeah. Did he play all right over the weekend? He had, I think he had something like 24 touches, eight marks, something like that. He was solid. Um but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's in Melbourne's best 22, to be honest. Oscar Baker, though, had 33 touches, um, 10 tackles, 10 marks, I reckon. Um, he could come back on that wing, maybe. We'll see. I don't know. 
Um, one more big topic that I want to throw to you that we didn't have planned, but I think it's worth talking about is the fact that people are going to need um, some cash to, to make these moves that we're talking about, you know, to get in Gorn or to go Crips to Steel. Um, so the players that are coming through, the little two gamers on the bubble are still still really relevant. And we've actually got a few really good ones coming through this week. So I want to get your thoughts on, first of all, Jai Cully um, and then Noah Cumberland. Ash Johnson and Tyler Sonzi are the, th- are the four that are on the bubble this week that are most relevant. Um, what do you think of Cully? I love him. Um, I think he just brings a bit of X factor to that West Coast team that they've clearly been lacking um, this season. I was surprised that Greg Clark got dropped, um, but his kind of replacement, Jai Cully, has been sensational in his two games. He scored a 90 on debut against Hawthorne and then just recently a 76 against St Kilda, but he's getting around the ball, which is good to see. Um, he had 19 touches on the weekend, seven tackles, four marks, um, gave away three free kicks, which uh, which definitely hindered his score. But out of the rookies on the bubble currently, he comes in at a basement price of, yeah, 102, 400. I think he's number one by a long way. Yeah, I agree. He actually had um, 78, attended 78% of centre bounces on the weekend, which is pretty wild for a second gamer. Um, so he was fantastic. I think he had 19 disposals, 11 kicks, three inside 50s, a goal, a goal assist, uh, 68% efficiency and spent 74% of the time on ground. So yeah, he's he's a real find, I think, for West Coast. I really like the look of him. He's 194 centimetres, uh, which makes him, yeah, he makes him a threat in the air as well as on the ground. Um, I am a big fan of Jai Cully. He's coming into my team this week. Um, I think if you don't, if you didn't go early on him, um, he's a no-brainer. And if you, if you happen to miss out on uh, Carmichael last week, which turned out to be a blessing in disguise, I think Cully is the next best. Um, what about Cumberland? Um, do you, what do you think of him? I think he's already played. He's already played three games. So he's gone up in price already, so that probably rules him out. Ash Johnson um, for the Pies. Uh, what are his prospects going forward? Um, is he going to stay in the team? I would imagine so. He he had three in the first quarter, I think. Um, he he did, yeah. Yeah, he was sensational. Um, and he's always been like that, especially from his time at Sturt playing in the Sandful um, last season. He is an X-Factor player. He, Big time. Uh, yeah, he pops up when the team needs him most. I am worried about um, him from a super coach perspective, though. I feel like he does heavily rely on goals. Um, like he, he kicked three goals and scored 61. That's probably not not good enough. Um uh, if you are looking for for a rookie to bring in, he also he's a bit inflated. He's at one hundred twenty three thousand and nine hundred. Yeah, okay. um, yeah I, I think yeah, Jai Cully is is still the number one option. Yeah, I agree. And I think he he kicked the three goals in the first quarter, Ash Johnson, and I don't know if he did a single thing after that. He's only had he only had six kicks for the game, so and three of the, at least three of those came in the first quarter, so he barely saw the ball after that. Um, yeah, I think he, he, he's also job security is a bit of a risk. The pies are, the pies are flying, frankly. Um, and they've got a fair few guys coming through the reserves too, that can play. Um, last one is, uh, Tyler Sonzi who played his second game of, uh, AFL footy on the weekend. Um, what do you think of him? Um, <clears throat> he was okay. Uh, he didn't set the world alight. Um, he, you know, he fits the mold of, of a Richmond midfielder. Um, he goes about yeah. his job, gets it done. You know, without doing too much, um, I, I'm slightly worried about his job security. I, I feel like, um, oh, what's his name? Um, he came in like three weeks ago. Uh, Judson Clark. Judson sorry. Clark. Yeah. I feel like Judson Clark could come back in, um, or even uh, Jack Ross maybe could come back in. Um, there's a couple, a couple boys that are you know 
kind of fit his build. Um, they're they're pretty much life for life replacements that yeah could take a spot in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, agreed. So I think we're we're both in lockstep there that Jai Cully is is the man for the job this week. If we need a downgrade, um, I'm getting rid of Cooper Stevens to Jai Cully is the current plan. Um, now, if you like a punt, check out topsport.com.au. They're the home of the best same-game multi in the business where the odds actually add up. We'll be previewing their markets throughout the season. Use the code SC Playbook if you're linking up your account so they know we sent you. It helps out the podcast, but 18 plus only. Gamble responsibly. So, Charlie, um, every week um, I get you to have a look at a few top sport markets and find something that you like uh, for the weekend action. What have you found for me this week? Well, I had a winner last week, actually. Nice. Uh, Very nice. Yeah. What did you tip? $5 multi um, that included Brisbane 1-39 to versus the Suns and Collingwood 1-39 to versus Essendon. So that one after the siren, take that home with me, a little $5 win. Um, that's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And then this Big week. Fan of that. Big fan. I'm even a bigger fan of what I've got this week. I uh, I think this is a lock, to be honest. Collingwood 1-39 to versus Port. They're still in the hunt yep. for, for a top four spot. They'll be doing everything they can to get the win. St Kilda one to thirty nine versus the Hawks. Um, St Kilda are looking for top eight. They'll be doing everything they can to win. Um, I also think they are comfortably better than the Hawks. Um, and then Carlton one to thirty nine versus Adelaide. They are also in the hunt for top eight. They will be doing everything they can to win. That multi is paying ten dollars and fifty four cents. I absolutely love it, Charlie. That's a very it seems very good to me. Um, I'm actually going to go a little bit rogue here, uh, and I'm going to go with a, a bit of a Brownlow medal fancy. Um, I'm going to take just a, just a little bit of just a little bit of dosh, just a little bit on Took Miller at thirteen dollars. Um, wow. He has been. I think that's absolute value for a guy that's been um, clearly Gold Coast best player this season. Um, I think you've got if you look at the markets, you've got the likes of Petrarca and Oliver. Um, taking votes off each other. You've got Walsh and Cripps taking votes off, off each other. Um, I think Took at $13 is, is absolute value. Um, and I think he's going to go close to the award. So, yeah, do that special. Uh, that's uh, Those odds all from topsport.com.au. Um, yeah, they're the home of the best same game multi in the business. So if you're looking to get a punt on this weekend, take a look at them. Um, I want to find out your, your plans for this week, Charlie, and when it comes to trades. Um, what are you thinking trade-wise? Yeah, we've already touched on it um, a little bit, but my first thought was uh, Jack Crisp out, Harry Himmelberg up to defence, Dylan Moore in. That was trade option number one. Trade option number two is, uh, well, Jack Crisp or Jaden Short up to Tom Stewart. That's also an option I really like. Yep. Or I could even go Cam Guthrie up to, well, I think I'd be able to afford anyone. I've got 100K in the bank. Cam Guthrie is currently um, at 555k, so I'd just about be able to get, yeah, pretty much anyone, I think. Um, only Rory Laird is more expensive than that, I reckon. So I've got a, I've got a couple options that um, yeah, I can play around with. Uh, I might not even have to trade this week. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yep, I like it. That sounds very promising. Um, as I've mentioned, I'm going to go Cooper Stevens, Jack Cully. Uh, and then currently, I'm thinking Jack Crisp up to um, Tom Stewart, which leaves me, leaves me with one trade for the season left um, and $72,000 in the bank. Um, and I, yeah, would have uh, Jacob Ware, D'Ambrosio, Hobbs, Cully, Tickle, Clark, and Hollands as my potential playing um, emergencies. So fairly well covered when it comes to that. I think four or five of those are, are likely to get regular games for the rest of the season. Um, save that one trade for the, for the disastrous primo injury that is no doubt going to come at some point. 
Um, but yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about those trades. Uh, why, why, why hold on to trades at this point, right? Like it's time to it's time to go and time to make a move, um, and it feels like the right time to do it. Um, what about your captains and your vice captains? Uh, what are you thinking this week? Yeah, I, I, it's obvious. Um, Laird vice captain versus Carlton, two captain versus West Coast. I don't think there's any better options than than those two. Wow, you think it's you think it's that obvious, do you? Yeah, I, I mean. Look, Took's coming off a, a what a one fifty seven. Led's coming off a one forty. I don't think he's dropped below. I don't think he's dropped below one forty since. Oh uh, well, let me check. I, I, he's on. He's on an absolute heater for sure. Um, he's gone. He's gone one five six one three zero one two five one five four one forty. Yeah. So you'd be silly to not put him in the conversation. He hasn't dropped. I think he hasn't below a hundred since round three or since round four. I think- so. I think he's definitely in the conversation, but Oliver on Friday night at Optus Stadium against against Frio, that doesn't that you're not not, not going to take that one. Um, well, no, I don't have Oliver anymore. I traded I'm him sure out. You you got rid of him. That's right. Yeah. Well, then that that definitely isn't an option for you. Um, I like the uh, I like the certainty with which you've gone with Laird and and Toot, though. I think that's smart if you if you don't have Oliver. I think yeah. if you do have Oliver, then it becomes a real, real tricky one between Oliver VC and Laird VC. I agree that that Took is the uh, is the prohibitive favourite um, to be that to be the captain when it comes down to it. Um, especially given, yeah, we saw what Jack Steele just did to to West Coast. He put up one four three. Brad Crouch one four seven um, against West Coast on the weekend. So they're leaking midfield points clearly. So I think Took is the obvious captain choice either way. Um, yeah, whether you're VC Oliver or Laird. Um, or even some of the other options floating around. Um, I've seen some people going with, um, yeah, we've got uh, Sydney against GWS, so Callum Mills is an option. Um, you've got Western Bulldogs versus Geelong, so any of the Bulldogs boys are an option. It's yeah. a, it's, a, it's going to be a good week for, for vice-captain and captains. Yeah, you got Jack Steele as well against Hawthorne at Marvel Stadium. Um, True. Yeah, you could also consider him. He scored a 125 against them um, in round four this year. Plus, he also just loves playing at Marvel. He's got a 121, 131, um, and, yeah, most recently, 107, 109, and 133. So, he, yeah, he's also a great pick. Yeah, love it. Um, uh, last thing before we get into the listener questions, um, we've got a price drop on premium content. So, if you sign up to SC Playbook, um, for $20, you get in the entire content for the rest of our 2022 AFL season, or $40, which gets you the full package, which covers AFL, NRL, and BBL gets access to stacks of extra articles every week of the season. Entry into our exclusive WhatsApp group where you can chat with us about your team and ask a heap of questions. Um, but if you're not interested in that, don't worry. We've got a heap of free content to get through on the site as well. Visit scplaybook.com.au for expert content and follow our Insta, Facebook, and Twitter socials at scplaybookafl. Um, last thing to before we finish up today, Charlie, is our listener Q&A. We put a social media post up every Sunday asking for questions from listeners. We've got a couple of good ones today. The first one is from Corey Blackledge. He wants any good tips on how to start a great starting team in 2023 as I go for rankings. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you know, we're still in round 20. Um, so it's important to make sure that you don't lose focus of, of this year. Um, I would personally never start thinking about the next year until, you know, pre-season. I like to have a little break in between. But my number one tip is uh, don't get sucked into what other people say. If you you know you you pick your players for a reason, you pick them because you think that they're the best. Um, you can't let someone else tell you otherwise. Um, yeah, always back yourself, um, Corey. I, I've seen your your team on the uh, on the WhatsApp. You've got a great team at the moment. Um, 
you've had a really good season. Um, I think you're going for for league at the moment. Um, but yeah, if you, if you want to go for for rankings next year, start off with with a, with a pretty you know, I think you can safely go Oliver, um, Took, Steel, Led. You know, pick up two yep. or three of those guys. Um, I I always start. I, I pick my two premium defenders. I go my my four premium midfielders. Um, I'll leave the ruck for later and then I pick up my two two premium forwards. Um, yeah, I don't know. Eddie, what about you? You're, you're probably in a better position than I am this year, obviously. Uh, what would you say? Oh, I agree about taking a break. I think it's important to let yourself freshen up, maybe play some other fantasy sports in the meantime. I, I like playing NBA fantasy and that sort of gives you a different perspective on things. Um, I was just reading the uh, Supercoach Bandits Twitter before, which um, you should check out if you haven't already. Um, he's got some really good stuff on there. But he mentioned some breakout candidates for next year. Um, and a couple of these will be really worth monitoring over the preseason. Um, Chad Warner, who's averaging his five run average is 120. Noah Anderson, five run average of 119. Nick Dacos, obviously. Uh, Luke Davies, Uniac, 115, five round average. Connor Rosie, who's been simply excellent since moving into the midfield. He's averaging 120 in his last three. Mason Redman, who we've spoken a little bit about, five round average of 110. And Sam Berry, which is an interesting one. Um, mm. Because the Crows are definitely moving into the post Matt Crouch era, um, and Sam Barry seems the uh, the likely candidate, along with Rory Laird, to sort of pick up the slack when it comes to that midfield. So, yeah, I think that's a good one as well. This is sort of just ruminate over the don't don't discount the last few rounds of this season. I think it's really important to to look at what guys um, what roles they're playing because, especially in the struggling teams, this is when coaches start to, to start to put guys into roles that they can see for them in the future, like we're seeing with Jai Cully at West Coast, for example. Um, I think that's pretty obvious. They see him as a as a future midfielder for them. That's why he's starting in the guts. That's why he's getting seventy eight percent of game time in there. Um, so yeah, I think you're like you said, your team's in a good spot, Corey. Um, yeah, try, take a break over the off season and, and come back fresh. Uh, last question for you, Charlie. Um, it's from Jason. Uh, is Nick Dacos a genuine primo? Um, and I, I'm guessing the answer, the uh, the question here is based around if you still own Nick Dacos and you can sideways trade trade him to a Tom Stewart, should you do it? Yeah. I mean, I would think at the end of the day, Nick Dacos is still a first-year player. Um, yes, he's putting up um, some pretty consistent primo scores. But, yeah, if, you, if you've got a rookie and you've got a primo um, and they're the same price, um, I think, yeah, you're probably inclined to take the primo pick. Um, if you want to think about it from a perspective of next year, uh, I wouldn't be picking up Nick Dacos, I don't think. Really? He's at a primo price. I just think there's better options elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but we keep saying that and he keeps yeah. scoring like a primo, you know, like at some point we, we kind of just have to be like, okay, well, this is what he is. He's going to get 30 a game. He's going to not miss any kick because he's a beautiful kick of the football. Yeah. Um, I think at some point we have to recognize that he, he might actually be a primo. And I'm, I for one, am, he, he's, he's right in the top of my list for next year. Um, as a, as a, if he, he's going to retain his defensive status, um, he's right up there. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. And you'd think he would transition slowly into the midfield a bit more next year, um, rack up a, a, a lot more CBAs. I think he's very close. Um, I think he's – and I'm I'm still an owner, so I'm absolutely frothing him at the moment. Um, don't get me wrong. It's just, yeah, it is tricky. If you've got him or Tom Stewart, I, I think you probably take Tom Stewart. Yeah, I think yeah that that's fair. I, I think I was I was more playing devil's advocate there. I think in this specific circumstance, um, you do do the sideways trade because you Stewart's ceiling is probably a bit higher. He's probably a bit more consistent. Um, but yeah, in the long term, I think yeah Nick Dacos as early as next year is a premium option. Um, that's about all we've got time for today, Charlie. Thank you for your time. Um, go rest up. 
have a sleep, drink some water, um, rehydrate, and um, we'll speak to you next week. All right. See you, Eddie.